Hey, Best Bench Babes, uh, have you heard all the big crazy buzz about Zillow the last week or so? It's major, major headlines. Christy and I are going to dive in, sort of unravel and de- debunk some myths that's going on out there and give you some talking points that you can share with other people when the question comes up about Zillow in your world. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Whew, so Zillow Beth. Like, I am really excited to get your take on this. I have some two cents from like a marketing perspective, but I am so pumped to hear what you have to say about this and what you're learning in your world. It's crazy. It's super crazy. Um, One of the headlines that I thought was really interesting from The Guardian said, a $300 million flip-flop, how real estate site Zillow side hustle went badly wrong. You're like, really? (laughs) That, that... That headline sounds a little dramatic. Um, Anything for a click. I know, but in you know, it makes you click, and it made me kind of kind of laugh. I'm like, but I feel like the iBuyer program that Zillow had suspended through the end of the year a week or so ago, and then now this week they've come out and just said we're just canceling the program altogether. It, it in essence, is Zillow's side hustle. So it is kind of funny that someone did put that spin on it. Yeah, leave it to the media to do every spin possible. Of course. Right? Of course. Well, okay, so let's talk about a lot of people have no clue even what the iBuyer program is. So an iBuyer program is a corporation comes in, a corporation like Zillow or Open Door or Redfin, they come in with a big fat checkbook and they will buy your home from you as you, you are the seller. And a big corporation comes in in this conversation. Let's just talk about Zillow. Zillow comes in with a big fat checkbook and just writes you a check for your house. Um, That's like the easy, the shortest way to describe it. But there's a lot more stuff that goes on behind the scenes. The nice thing about it is, and a lot of sellers that have taken advantage of this program, is that you don't have to prep your home for sale. They'll give you a super flexible move out date. Um... And you don't have to um, market it and have showings and all that kind of stuff. So for some houses, this really was an advantage. The algorithm, so Zillow, you know, they have the Zestimates. Everybody's always up in arms yeah, about the Zestimate. looking at this, everyone. Right. I mean, everybody freaks out and they're like, oh, every listing appointment that you go on, the seller's like, oh, my Zestimate says my house is worth $500,000. you are like, well, that's interesting because there hasn't been a sale in your neighborhood that sold for over three seventy five. dollars <laughs> But um, okay. 
So it's it's very interesting how this algorithm works. I'm not even going to pretend to understand how the algorithm works because that's way above my pay grade. Um, but I think the a lot of the iBuyer sales were based on Zillow's algorithms, which were not always accurate. They said back in the day that the the original founder of Zillow that created the Zestimates, his Zestimate on his own house wasn't even accurate. So I'm like, well, that didn't give me a whole lot of faith in this whole Zestimate system from the beginning. <laughs> um, but it's what what Zillow's stance on it was, they said that, so they bought all these homes and they have this large inventory of homes and the market is shifting. The market's shifting around the country. We are not seeing like that white hot top sales price that we were seeing in the spring and summer. Um, I don't know what you're seeing in your neighborhood, Christy, but like yeah, you're not going... seeing the sold signs go up quite as quick. Some neighborhoods are selling. It's taking longer to sell. We don't honestly still have a ton for sale in our neighborhood, but our like estimates gone down just a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. that a lot of people are really follow that closely. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's the only thing that they have. Yeah, if right? they're not talking to, yeah. if they don't have a relationship mm-hmm. with a real estate agent and they don't have a trusted professional to call and say, hey, really, like, what is our home value doing? You know, like you guys, you guys called me and said, hey, we're going to do a kitchen and bath. Like, how yeah. much should we do or not do? What is going to give us the best return for a future sale? Yeah. And we had like in-depth conversations about this. But there's a lot of people that don't have that sort of relationship with someone and so, yeah, they're just trusting like the Redfins, the Zillows, you know, these sites to tell them exactly what their home is worth. And it's not always accurate. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So Zillow purchased all these homes all over the country. Um, in the last quarter alone, I think they bought over 9,000 homes. So that's a lot of homes. That's a lot. It didn't really put a, it's not a ton of market share. It's only a, just a couple percent of market share nationwide. But it's enough where you're like, okay, that's that's a lot of homes. There's a lot of sellers that really benefited from this. Um, but then Zillow goes in and they do like a little mini facelift on the home. So what Zillow was saying is they didn't have enough workers to be able to do the work to get the homes ready to go on the market. Okay. So I am not really seeing that in our market here in Minneapolis. But what I have seen is a lot of Zillow properties even if the homes got facelifted, which sometimes it's kind of hard to tell, it's not like it was done that well. Yeah. And they weren't, they're it. not staged. The home, you walk in and the home feels very impersonal. Um, I had a client write on a Zillow property, a Zillow house that had gone back on the market um, two weeks ago. And we knew that the house had some issues, but we said, okay, if we can get it at the right price, it's going to, it's, these issues are not going to be a problem. It, the, if we can make the numbers work. So we wrote an offer, we do the inspection. The inspection was a total nightmare. Gary, our inspector was like, well, I haven't seen one like this in a while. The inspection, well, and we had to bring our mold specialist out because we knew that there was some discoloration. He's like, no, it is not discoloration, Beth. It is actual mold, the M word. And so that's not, you know, like, don't freak out when you hear the mold word. There's ways to remediate it if it's done right. We've got an awesome mold guy. And the seller, our buyer was not even that concerned about it. Until we figured out that there was like actual issues. We think there's like um, 
a high water table. And so I think the water comes in the basement very regularly. Ooh, that's and like just kiss of death, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it seeps field? up through the foundation. Yeah. And it's not, it has a sump basket. It has a sump pump. It has drain tile. Oh, it's, weird. It's just literally like a sponge. Like the slab in the basement is a sponge and just keeps wicking up all the water. And so we just couldn't get beyond it. And the price didn't work. And so I sent a cancellation to um, our Zillow people, Boots on the Ground, Chris Lindahl's group here, and said, um, we're <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> if you're in Minneapolis and you, you've seen the billboards around town. So we sent the cancellation over and said, this property just isn't going to work. And so then they asked to see all of the reports. So I had mold reports. Um, I had a quote from a foundation structural person and the mold person gave us a quote and we had a home inspection. So I gave them gobs of information about this property. And I said, at this price, this property doesn't make sense for this buyer. And they said, well, if we do X repair on the property, would you still consider it? So I'm talking like $20,000 worth of repairs. They offered to pay for an $850 thing. And they said, would you move forward? And we're like, no, that's the least of the problems with this house. (laughs) There's like bigger fish to fry. Uh, The part that is concerning to me is that I think a lot of the owners that took advantage of this iBuyer program, um, they know that all the skeletons that lie in the homes. Oh. Right? And what the local market is like, you know, they're, you know, if they're wanting to sell, they're keeping an eye on that, like every potential seller is. Totally. And they know, okay, X, Y, or Z is wrong with my house. And people coming in from Zillow have no back history on that. And so they just come in and buy a house and then they're trying to turn around and selling it for top dollar. You know, Zillow didn't intentionally buy a house that had mold in it. They didn't. They're I mean, they're very good business people like they weren't doing this intentionally. Um, But they also were not told about any of the foundational issues with this house either. I'm pretty certain. So then what do you do? You're stuck with a bunch of inventory that's just like dog that you're trying to sell for less than what you paid for it. So Zillow put a kibosh on this program. They said they're not going to be doing it going forward. They currently are sitting on about 7,000 homes nationwide that need to be sold. That's a lot. That's a lot Especially of homes. Especially if a lot of them or even like, you know, even a good portion are have a lot of issues. Right? Yeah. And even if it doesn't have a lot of issues, they paid so much for them up front. Yeah. And then now they've done like a mini little mini facelift to it and they want to make money on it, well, there's a really good possibility that they're going to take a loss on a lot of these properties. Interesting. So I don't, you know, like I I don't have the, you know, the peek behind the actual magical curtain of Zillow. Um, God, I wish I did. How awesome would that be? That'd be pretty amazing. But yeah. <laughs> Zillow has made a lot of money in different parts of the transaction. Like Zillow is a lender. They are they were buyers. They were sellers. They're the keeper of the data. They've got yep. a shit ton of data. Look what they did to reviews. Yeah. 
they have an insane amount of data yeah they just wiped out people's reviews they have super deep pockets they're an actual brokerage Mm -hmm. so they used to just be a a company that would sell leads to real estate professionals and then i would say yay i got a new buyer lead and i'm gonna go sell tom johnson a house well then they became a brokerage and they became direct competition with the real estate agent well that was intentional and smart on their behalf yeah super smart they've known from the beginning they know what they're doing (laughs) absolutely so they're taking a loss on these houses but that I am 100% certain they're making money in all the other avenues. So the headlines are telling us they took a $3 million loss, a $300 million loss. They're what does making, that even mean for Zillow, though? Well, I mean, really. yeah. So that was either strategic and a great business plan on uh-huh. their part. Um, and they're going to make it up next quarter or something crazy. The part that does suck is that 25% of their workforce is getting laid off. It's about 1,500 people. That's awful, especially right now. a lot of people. That is a lot. So especially when their headlines were saying that we can't get workers to come in and fix up our houses, except now that not that these 1,500 people were those workers, but they were workers in a different capacity for Zillow, and now they're out pounding the pavements. Thank God there's a job every person is hiring, so they'll probably get absorbed in another real estate company very easily. Um, But it still sucks that they even have to go out and look for a job. It kind of like seems really fishy to me. I don't think it's like black and white. Oh, I think that it's so freaking gray and muddled. Yeah. And very intentional like business decisions behind the scene whenever there's this big business like this um, and who gets affected is the people working for them. But they're it's strategic. If like if you're thinking anything about this, you're thinking they're losing or whatever. Somehow they're they're losing power. Don't feel bad about Zillow. Don't feel bad about Zillow. And also don't think you shouldn't still be paying attention to this because something's going to be coming. Absolutely. Ab- something's Absolutely. coming. Restructuring's happening. And yeah. this was an intentional business move on their part, yeah. for sure. This iPire program started back in 2019. And it really, I think it, I think Zillow really wanted to be like the Amazon of real estate with this program. And I'm sure that they made a shit ton of money on this program um, since its inception. It was interesting to hear Rich Barton, the Zillow CEO, he admitted in an interview that the market was super unpredictable and volatile. And um, they went in with a big swing on a bet that they predicted that they could predict home prices six months in advance, that that's what this iBuyer program was. They could buy a house and they could predict what its value would be in six months and then flip these homes quickly. And it just, it didn't pan out that way. You know, I wouldn't even... It's, that's interesting, actually. You would think Zillow could predict six months out if anyone could I predict feel six like months if out. If anyone can, they the rest can. of the business models just well, doesn't make sense. They're trying to do it on the cheap. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that a lot of people are like blaming Zillow's algorithm for overpaying for homes. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the whole behind the scenes strategy is with it. They were making money. The phone was ringing because of these listings. So they were if they weren't selling these particular listings that they bought, they're selling other properties on Zillow. So I don't feel like Zillow's truly losing money here. No, there's some restructuring going on here and just kind of closing out one chapter probably to open another, reallocate. But if they were actually like they had the data. So I don't they believe, have all the data. They have all the data. That's where we get a lot of us get our data <laughs> from. So it, it they're not. It wasn't this overpaying that part of it, it just doesn't feel it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't make sense. 
I, I think that they probably did overpay for a lot of homes. A lot of their properties are on the market for longer market days. Well, you're than not, normal. it's a different experience, right? When we talk about like, gosh, we learned this so much. Tom Theory went over and over the, this. And then we talk about this all the time is the different structure of, of like being an agent. Like, are you a solo agent, which is dying? Like, legitimately, it's dying, right? Yes. And no offense to anyone that's a solo agent and you're successful, that's amazing. But the reality is most people are not going to be able to sustain that business right. in a couple years from now. So it's going to team base. When you think of a team and team structures, and many teams are structured differently, well, then you think of a business like Zillow, where you're losing like the the face-to-face, that human connection of like a small team, yep. right? So you can't automate everything. Like you just can't do it. It just doesn't no. make sense and it doesn't work. No, and it's but it's so nice to know that the actual agent, you know, a lot of people say, oh, like the real estate agent is going to be obsolete eventually. I don't think that it's ever it's going to true. be. It's not true. I don't no. believe that. People want the human interaction in this transaction. People, it's so emotional. Okay. If you believe that truly. Uh, Got a it, bridge to sell somebody? <laughs> Honestly, no, I just the, the, maybe check it like it's it's a not a smart business like way of thinking, I guess, um, possibly not understanding business as a whole kind of thing, because it does not make sense that real estate agents would be gone ever. It makes zero yeah. sense to me if you look at different business models uh, and like where where they kind of started, where they are now. It makes absolutely no sense that they'd be gone. So if you're thinking that, I'm sorry, it's wrong. Yeah. They're not going to be. Is it going to look different? Absolutely. It's it keeps look shifting different. and looking different. Just like any other business. Yep. Yep. Every other business is doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, they So they're saying with these 7,000 homes that will still need to be sold, they said there's a good chance that they'll be sold to like bundled up and sold to big investors. BlackRock is one name that just keeps sort of popping up in the news side by side with Zillow. Um and so I don't know exactly what that's going to look like here in the Twin Cities. There's like six to seven hundred homes that still okay. need to get absorbed. That's a considerable amount of homes. That, yeah. Um. So my experience, um, like I said, I had the bad experience. It wasn't a bad experience. We just if we could have got the home at the right price, it really that property could have made good sense for that particular buyer. We just couldn't get it for the right price um, because anything can be fixed in a home. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just go on the record saying that. Um, But at what price, right? Right. Um, And then I've done another, I sold another Zillow property earlier this year to a couple. And the interesting thing is that I've shown many Zillow properties this year. The thing that kept coming back time and time again is that the homes felt really like cold and impersonal. And so when a buyer's coming in and really wanting to make like a really emotional decision and they're walking into a very impersonal property, they just didn't get that. They didn't get those warm fuzzies. So and that's why you will always work with an agent. Well, and I have told a handful of buyers that we've uh, properties that we've looked at of these Zillow resale properties that. This is a home. I'm like, let's, you know, let's walk around. Let's, I'm going to use my, I'm going to put my interior design hat on. Let's walk around and talk about the things that you could do to make this home feel really warm and cozy and feel, you know, how do you make this house feel like a home? Let's have that conversation. And um, it's interesting that I think a lot of those buyers could have gotten really good deals on those homes because they were sitting on the market longer than a lot of other properties were. 
And so my one clients that ended up buying one, they bought in this really cute townhouse community in Golden Valley. We wrote an offer on a property like six doors down. That one went into mega multiple offers. Both properties were vacant, mind you. The one went into super duper multiple offers. We did not get it. And so we said, okay, our backup is going to be the other one, which was a Zillow property. We had no competition. Nobody was bidding on that house. Interesting. So I think there's some weird mindset thing going on with some of these big box investors mm-hmm. like Open Door, some Redfin properties, um, some Zillow properties, is that people are like, I don't want to buy a house from like this institution. Like there's something about it that doesn't feel good. It is. Like you said, good, it's so personal. Such right? a personal like decision to make and purchase that. Yeah. I mean, we want that personal touch. Yeah, I went to happy hour with a friend um, earlier this year, too. And I said, like, what's your secret sauce right now for finding properties for buyers? This was back when it, you were just like trying to find your buyers anything. And he's like, you want to know my secret sauce? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I'm showing them Redfin listings or not Redfin. Sorry, Zillow listings. I go, ah, I'm like, that's my secret sauce. I got to know anyone knew that. And I said, they're sitting on the market way longer than other properties. And he goes, yep. And if they go into multiple offers, there's only like two offers, not 50 offers on them. And so he and I sort of kept that in our back pockets. And I shared that with the team. And I said, these are the properties that you need to be looking at, especially in a really hot market when it was hard to get properties for your buyers. Yeah. But now... If we have six or 700 of these properties sitting in Minneapolis, I think they're going to be properties that Zillow's probably going to willing, be willing to sell for less than what they originally wanted to sell them for. So I still think that these are properties that could be some good bargains. But now so I think it's going to be a, here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit more of competition on them now because I think they're going to be on the radar. But I think the whole more of the story is we're talking about Zillow, right? Mm-hmm. So Zillow's like, great. It's kind of like a child that's behaving badly. And you're like, they're like, I'll get any attention I can from my parent. Good, child bad, or, or otherwise. A kitty. Or a kitty, Beth. Or a kitty. <laughs> Birch blue. Um, it's the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you might have a hate love. Look at all the free press they just got. Right. Come, they're pumped. They are pumped. Right. Just wait. Something's coming. Yeah, you have a love-hate relationship with Zillow, mm-hmm. but now every agent in the whole entire world is talking about them, right? Yeah. Super smart Zillow, you're fucking on to something. Yeah. So who knows what their next move is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be good. So the conversation that I had with Mark earlier this week, I'm like, can you please keep an eye on the stock? I'm like, if the stock continues to plummet, yes. let's buy some Zillow stock. Same conversation I have with Ryan. <laughs> I think this thing's going to rebound and go nuts yeah. next year. Yes. So that's my two cents on it. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Buy some stock and make yeah. some money Be off of Zillow for it. crying Be out loud. Be smart about it. Put on your good business hat and think think of all the strategies they're thinking of so you can maybe be one step ahead or maybe not. Yeah. Well, this is super helpful, I think. And with all the buzz going on out there, good information to share with your clients. Uh, like if you have, depending on the area you're in, if you have a bunch of these properties sitting and they're kind of feeling like on the fence about it maybe explain this to them and this might be the way you're gonna get a bunch of sales even before the end of the year yeah why not they're all vacant homes yeah you can close on them quick zillow's gonna want to get rid of these properties as quick as possible probably yeah cool 
Well, let's get so, to work, So yeah, Beth. that was my two cents on it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much for listening to, the, to this bonus episode this week. We wanted to get this out right away because the buzz is out there about this and just give you some information as quickly as we possibly could. So until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Whoa, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.